What's going on, everybody? My name is Tim Foley, and I am a 25-year-old originally from New Hyde Park, New York. Uh, when people ask me where that is, I always tell them right on the border of Nassau and Queens, right where I grew up. Um, I studied journalism at Northeastern University in Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts, and I am now a middle school educator living in Durham, North Carolina. So you might end up, uh, you might ask how I ended up here. Well, I'll hopefully get into that a little more later. A couple of my hobbies, um, I'm a rapper. I have just recently got into producing music as well. Uh, I'm in a, kind of a little bit into fitness. I like, you know, running, jogging, um, trying to stay healthy. I do some meditation, journaling, things like that. Um, and that is, that is me. Um, I'm going to now pass it off to the founder of the podcast, Himself. Oh wow! <laughs> Damn, that's a that's a lot of talking me up a lot there. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, um, it's since you're since you're a rapper, we might have to change this podcast to something else <laughs> at some point. But anyways, uh, my name is Idid. Um, I think for most of my life, people have called me Ali. I think Tim still calls me Ali. But you know, that's something that yeah, I wanted to change up now that I'm more grown it's you know embracing your actual mm. name and not being embarrassed of a weird name that you know for me there's no such thing because we all are mm. unique and we are our own person so i'm also 25 um i was born in elmhurst and i lived in woodside until about fifth grade and then i moved to the same city as tim new hyde park um in 2005 and then i've been there ever since um i went to school at binghamton university and i got a bachelor's in neuroscience which i love so much um i met him in high school uh, now actually i met you in elementary school so we go way 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 mm. back to think that we'd be sitting here and doing this from you know time in recess and how you know just sitting here and doing a podcast I think that's absolutely insane but amazing that we're still closer than ever um so some of my hobbies um I think anybody who knows me knows that I am the biggest Yankees fan in the world it's just been that way for forever I love basketball I love writing and something else that I also love doing which most people know is I love talking so I think when sitting there and you know, someone mentioned to me, oh, you should have a podcast, that really resonated with me. And honestly, I couldn't, I, I knew exactly who I had to ask to do this with me, and it was you. So with mm -hmm. that being said, I would love for you to now introduce our podcast and just talk about what our mission is. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, it is it's really an honor that you asked me uh, to be on this podcast with you, you know, um, of all the people, you know, you could have chosen it. It means a lot to me. So uh, but basically what we want this podcast to be is we want this to be a space for uh, for us to talk about mental health, for us to talk about uh, maybe some of the things that that we're going through personally um, on a mental health level, but also um, just just a space where we can uh, address some of the things that are going on in our world today that might be affecting a lot of people. 
Um, and so, you know, of course, right now we're living through this pandemic and uh, it's affecting every aspect of our lives or, or so it may seem, right? And so um, we want to try to offer up um, a little bit of hopefully perspective, maybe a little bit of insight on uh, different ways to persist, you know, different ways to sort of maintain a positive uh, point of view throughout this uh, this challenge or the, the challenges that are being brought to us right now. So, um, you know, a couple of things that we would, we would love is we would love to have guest speakers on this show. So you can absolutely uh, send a DM uh, to either Idid or myself uh, at Idid Ali at tfly28 um, on Instagram if you want to be a guest speaker on the show, because um, we would just love to hear different perspectives, different voices. Um, and then if you have any topics or questions that you would like to hear us talk about on this show or uh, questions you'd like to hear us answer on this show, uh, please feel free to send a DM um, to one of the two of us, and we would love to share about some of those topics on the show as well. So we kind of want this to be a podcast that is for the listener as much as it is for you know the speakers or those who are on the podcast. So uh, that that is our mission, and uh, Idid, if you want to add anything to that, I will pass it back to you. Absolutely. So I think something that we're going to definitely emphasize is just being organized with our thoughts, and I think the DM is a great way for us to get you involved. But another thing that we might also even do is, you know, do a little Google form, so it's a little bit more organized, and we can put that link in our bio or on our stories, and you can easily use that link. And you can, you know, answer each question accordingly. And, you know, we will decide who we will choose for our guest speaker by, based on first come, first serve. I think that's only fair. Um, and, you know, I think that my goal of this podcast is not to gain traction. I don't care whether we have a, a hundred, a thousand, a million people listening. I think that is just futile if that's what we're going to think walking in. I think the main thing here is that we just need to at least impact one person, people mm -hmm. that aren't you and I. Some, mm -hmm. If there's just one person listening to this podcast who can go to sleep thinking that, wow, I feel so much better now that I listen to this, then Tim and I have accomplished what our goal is. And so it doesn't matter what our turnout is. We're just going to keep doing this for whoever it is that wishes just listen to our words. And so I think it's very important for us to just have that as a lesson in life as well. You know, it's not about reaching tons of people. It's about reaching just even a few because one mm. is better than none. And, you know, our words might be that one thing somebody needs to just come back to reality and just, you know, continue fighting and continue surviving life because that is what life is. You know, we might have life now, but we might not have life later. So every day is a part of our survival. And Tim mm. and I would love to play a role in everyone's life. Even if we don't even know you, we still welcome you to listen and we still welcome yeah. you to be a part of this podcast. So with mm. that being said, I think that was a wonderful introduction by, you know, Tim. I think that was great. That definitely um, explains what we're going to do. So with that being said, I would love to ask you something. To, and, you know, I just want you to be real with me. I want you to tell me, you know, 
anything that's on your mind. There's nothing wrong here and there's nothing right here. Anything you say is perfect, okay? So that's the ground rules. I want you to just mm. speak your mind and mm. with and just feel free to mention whatever it is. And this is a non-judgment area. You know, I may judge you a little bit, but you know, it, I just think that it's best for us to just be raw in everything that's mm-hmm. there. So with that being said, so what was your life like before March 15th? And I use that date very loosely because I think that was the time where everything went into lockdown, where everything mm-hmm. just kind of reached a very critical and catastrophic phase. So I want to know, what was your life like before then? And what were you doing? What were you trying to accomplish? Yeah, that is a really good question. And sometimes it's almost like disorienting to think back um, to that period of time because things seem to have changed so drastically, you know? And for me personally, um, before March 15th, I was actually living in Washington, D.C., Uh, I was working at a middle school in Washington, D.C. I've been there for about two years. And um, at the time, you know, before all this kind of happened, we were uh, working on like one of the major fundraising events that we do for the school happens like right in February. And I remember that it was it was just shortly after that, that all this sort of like changed, you know, so like I remember working together um, with students. We were like prepping for that event. I was the, um, I led the newspaper club at my, uh, the, the middle school that I work at. And so we were like working super hard to like print out uh, copies of this, you know, spring, I guess like the, the winter edition of the newspaper it must've been. Uh, we had like a flag football team that I was coaching that I, I had put together and like uh, was really starting to gel at that time. We had about two weeks till the season was gonna start. There was like a lot of stuff on the horizon. Damn. You know, I had plans to travel home for sure. Home being New York, you know, uh, and I, you know, being in a, I was in a volunteer program called the Lasallian Volunteers, um, you know, and wasn't always able to, you know, to go home throughout the year. And so that was something important to me. And uh, just, just, it felt like plans, you know, and then at the same time, uh, I was planning to move down to Durham and uh, looking for a job. I was, I was actually, you know, February, even early March of 2020, I was in the middle of the job search, looking for a teaching job down here in Durham. Uh, my girlfriend had been down here uh, for about uh, probably, I mean, since the previous October, so probably like four or five months at that point. And uh, believe it or not, the week before March 15th, I actually interviewed at the school that I'm working at today. Um, so everything was up in the air and like, there was pretty much no certainty. Um, and I, I ended up thankfully getting the job right before everything locked down. And I have to say, like, it made me feel super grateful, just like a tremendous amount of gratitude that I was able to like work that out before all of this happened. Um, because at least then I knew, um, where I was going to be going and I, I could only imagine like how how challenging it would have been to be doing the, uh, the application process, the interview process, like in the midst of COVID. And so, um, you know, I do feel like very blessed in a lot of ways because of that, that, you know, I was able to kind of iron some things out before everything changed. 
uh, I had been like, you know, flying on plane a lot, um, taking trips back and forth between Durham, DC, uh, to kind of get some of this stuff like set up and, uh, even like doing some early apartment searching in Durham. And so a lot of stuff was taking place that, um, somehow had to like come together and it thankfully it did um because because within weeks of that my my school shut down and you know we were quarantined for months so that was that was life in in march 2020 and man what a what a uh just a whirlwind of experiences it's been <laughs> you know it, it, it feels like it's yeah been like that does not seem like 20 it's just it's been great right. i mean i'm you know i'm i'm really happy for you man like the fact that you were able to land this position right before everything just kind of went into a frenzy yeah. wow that's 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 amazing and like i'm happy that you were on the the positive end of the spectrum mm. i know there's a lot of people that mm -hmm. you know had an internship lined up and boom yeah gone, you know because so like that's yeah. I guess that's me. So let I'll, I'll talk yeah, about now me. what my experience was like, and I was on the flip side. So basically, let's see. Before March fifteenth, um, I had this goal of just being able to travel with my family, all of us together, because you know me, my sister, my brother, my dad, my mom, we all have such different lives, such different schedules that. I don't remember the last time that we all were just at home, mm. you know? Mm. And so I figured now that I'm done with school and now that my sister is home, she didn't finish law school yet per se, but she was home during the winter break. And I thought, why not just finally do something with all of us mm. before things just, you know, completely change even more for me because I'm applying to med schools and stuff like that. Okay, I'm jumping the gym, so <laughs> let's go back. I just wanted to travel. So I, you know, I'm really, I'm like a low key traveling. Mm -hmm. I'm so good at this kind of stuff. I was just telling my dad, look, we can go to Turkey, Egypt, wow. Saudi Arabia, and Dubai, all in a multi-city trip in the course of about three and a half weeks for about $1,200. And that's including all of it. And I showed that to my dad and my dad was, he was astonished mm -hmm. that I could find a deal like that. So of course he's just like, book that right now. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, when it, who knows? Like that's the thing. I love when people say, "Who knows what's gonna happen?" Because that is exactly 2020 yeah, summer. Who knows what is gonna happen? So we went. You know, had an amazing time, and that this was around the time where I was on this huge weight loss grind. Mm. I actually. From last October to like, I guess mid pandemic, I was able to lose like 90 pounds. So wow. in that sense, things were good. Yeah. I was kind of afraid to travel because I'm like, damn, there's gonna be such good food. Mm. I'm gonna gain weight, but you know what? I ended up kind of losing more weight. Mm. So I got to travel. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's interesting because me and my entire family got sick mm. at some point there. And it was very, very, very bad. Like we were coughing like crazy. My dad and my mom couldn't breathe. Wow. We all had fevers. And it's it kind of sounding a lot like <laughs> Corona. You know? Yeah. So who knows what we had? We were in so many different continents. 
but we came back. It was a wonderful experience. But you know, you come back, and now you got to move on with your mm-hmm. life. So now it's around the time where now I have to go back to studying for my MCAT because my biggest dream has always been to be a doctor. So now you know, January comes, February comes, and March comes, where I need to really put in rigorous and strenuous amounts of work because. My MCAT was scheduled for March 27th, 2020. Wow. And so the, it's usually the case where for the last three months before your exam, you kind of do most of the studying. It's a very stamina-based exam. Mm. It's nothing to do with, nothing to do with anything else. So those three months, I basically just, I wouldn't say crammed, but I grinded. Yeah. I did so many different question banks. I did UWorld, uh, Kaplan, Prince, everything. Wow. I was just going hand. And, you know, I actually kind of enjoyed doing it. But so since, you know, I told you in the beginning, we should be raw. So I'm going to be raw here. Mm-hmm. So I think I have something known as SAD, which is seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. And usually around the month of October, November, December, January, and February, I completely shut down. And this has been the case for the last 10 years. I just, for some reason, I guess the season's changing, does something with my chemicals in my brain. And for some reason, I'm just not happy anymore. I'm just not at peace anymore. And I kind of just delete social media. I stop talking to people and I just, it's like kind of like my hibernation. Mm. For some reason, that's just what my body, my mind pushes me to do. And I don't want to do it. Trust me, I don't. It's a very, very miserable experience. But I, yeah. I'm i kind of just, I, I'm crippled to the point where I do it. And so these were some tough months for me, you know, having to do my most MCAT studying in these months while not being my happiest. Yeah. It was tough. But, you know, you know, I guess it kind of was nice in the sense that now I'm not really talking to anyone. Now I'm not on social media. So it gives me more time to study. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try to look at the positives from everything. So now March comes, right? Yeah. And since, you know, I'm, since you're, you know, kind of, you started your career already. And so you're just looking for jobs, you know, it's amazing. I have it, you know, mm. I'm still kind of in this rut, this stalemate where I feel like everyone around me is progressing and yeah. they're moving on with their careers. But then there's me that's kind of just stuck here trying to figure it out. And that is, I think, one of the biggest triggers of my seasonal affective disorder. It's just me coming to this realization that I'm lacking Mm -hmm. and everyone else is progressing. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that's something that I definitely worked on this year. And I I will definitely talk about that later. But just to answer this question, I remember March 15th came and I'm studying my hardest right now because I have 12 days left until my exam. And, like, during the last, I think, 14 days, you're supposed to do a practice exam, like, every few days. Oh, wow. So I was grinding. I was grinding, going boom, 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 just banging out as many questions as I can. Mm. And then, literally, I'm looking at this email right now being triggered. <sighs> On March 17th, I get this email that says, confirmation of canceled Pearson MCAT exam, March 27th, Friday. Wow. And I look at this and I'm like, are you kidding? Like, mm. I have spent the last three months grinding for this exam, praying. Yeah. Like, I've cried so much out of stress because of this exam. And, mm. you know, I might not have felt the most prepared, but, like, I wanted to take this exam. Yeah. And so, 
boom, Pearson canceled this exam. Not only did this happen to me, but now all of a sudden I start watching the news about this whole thing known as COVID taking yeah. over. And now we're going into some emergency lockdown. Like, Tim, what is even the last? When, when do we hear the word lockdown? The last time I heard that was like high school. When like, really? oh, there's like a shooter. It's like right. a drill we that would do we do like an active shooter drill or yeah. something like that. But right? But when did we ever hear about our entire country mm-hmm. going into a lockdown? Mm-hmm. That is the most apocalyptic thing that I ever heard in my life. Yeah. And so now I'm thinking, wait, what the heck am I going to do? Because I have to apply to schools around May and June, right? Mm-hmm. And so how am I going to apply to schools mm-hmm. if my exam got canceled? I have nothing to apply with. And I'm somebody mm-hmm. that doesn't really have that good of a GPA. It's actually horrendous that I really needed this exam to make me a better candidate and give me more of a shot. Right. And so, like... That happened to me around March, and then I kind of just had no sense of what the heck is going on. So that was my life before March, and I just, I, it feels like so long ago, man. And it's not like I was doing anything crazy, but the one thing that I was able to do is travel and get out of my house and do yeah. what it is that I want to do. So it's been tough, but I'm going to turn this back on you and see if you have anything that you want to say or ask me. Absolutely. Well, I mean, first of all, thank you, man, for sharing that because, you know, you definitely stepped out and uh, got vulnerable there. And I, you know, I just really want to appreciate that. Um, You know, that had to have been such a demoralizing experience, especially something, you know, you're studying, uh, you know, really just ramping up the studying there And it's the kind of thing that it's one of the few things that all that work, like it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't transfer to the next time you take the test. I mean, like, it's the kind of thing that, you know, there's a whole schedule for a reason and you're supposed to study like at a particular time in proximity to when you take the test, you know? And so it's, it's tough, you know, I have, you know, I definitely, uh, heard you know stories about about um cramming to take those kind of exams and a lot of folks you know uh having them canceled during this time because of the pandemic and just like it throwing plans off tremendously you know so that it's just like it's a nightmarish experience and you know just like good of you to like come on here and really kind of just put that out and share it so um yeah, thank you for doing like, that for some people with like whose mental health aren't exactly where Right. something like a lockdown to happen is it's like a panic button that yes. just suddenly gets pressed out of nowhere like yes. we already don't have control of our thoughts and now mm. some external force boom comes in and now it's like another added stressor right so that kind of brings us to our next question which is what was your quarantine experience like during covid what were the biggest challenges and was there anything that you did that helped with mental health? Wow. I feel like every time I hear the word quarantine, I kind of twitch because that's the word of the year. Is it not? Mm. Mm -hmm. We just hear that everywhere that we go. So I remember March 15th. I remember vividly when, you know, all of this stuff was happening. And I remember hearing about, Lots of my friends and family members being laid off of their jobs. 
um, offices being shut down, people being furloughed, and it just kind of like just put everything into just a fiasco. And mm. I remember uh, my dad came home. He was like, so my office is closed. We're going into lockdown. And this whole idea of remote learning or remote yeah. working still wasn't, you know, in the picture yet. Mm-mm. And so my dad was like, what am I going to do? And then I remember having so many conversations about it, you know, with him about how don't worry. We're going to like, I have, I've, I have nothing that's tangible that can actually help him in this case because mm-hmm. I don't know what is going to happen. But, you know, the overarching idea here is that we will find out as time passes, you know. And then yeah. I remember this whole thing with unemployment started coming in the air and then the stimulus check started coming. And so, like, little by little, we kind of got a grip of what's going to happen, how we're going to sustain our lives, how we're going to finance, you know, what it, our expenses. So I remember the biggest thing that, you know, we would we were always discussing is, is that if we're in a lockdown, how are we going to get mm. groceries? How are we going to get the essentials that we oh, need? Yeah. And so I remember at that time, you know, the few times, it was very few, I'm telling you, the few times that we actually went to Stop and Shop to go grab groceries, I was absolutely astonished by the fact that there was no toilet paper there was no water, water mm. bottles. There was no disinfectant wipes. There was no hand sanitizer. Mm. There were, there wasn't anything that was essential to our, you know, everyday right. life. And so, I'm thinking like, wow, people are like actually like mm. bugging out at this point because they think that you know all these things are gonna run out. And I just remember thinking like, wow, people are really. I wouldn't say selfish, but they really aren't considering mm. other people in this case. And so, you know, I was just absolutely just like, that at one point I had to think about like how I'm going to mm. go to the bathroom without having anything. Right. You know, and it was just, and I remember like at that time, if I saw hand sanitizer anywhere, I would be like, yeah. Whoa. And you know, what's crazy. Another thing that was happening is you go on eBay. Now let's say you want to order some hand sanitizer. People were charging hundreds of dollars for a little bottle of hand mm, That's right. People that's were right. Profit yeah. Off of like, that's insane, you mm. know? And I guess, you know, as time passed, we started to learn that, you know, at least restaurants can do takeout. And then there were things like Instacart, Amazon Fresh that, right. you know, we started to utilize as we, as, you know, these were being promoted and things were being changed. And I think that to me was a little mm-hmm. bit safer. Um, and you know, another thing I guess for me was that, um, I have grandparents that live in Queens and now I'm thinking like, wow, am I ever going to be able to see them? Because, you know, I might be able to withstand COVID because I'm not immunocompromised. I'm relatively healthy, although I'm just fat, you know, (laughs) but my, my grandparents have a lot of things. My grandma has severe kidney Mm. failure. My grandpa had an open heart surgery that I witnessed when I was a kid diabetes like you name it all the conditions that you they have and so if i were to have covid and i was asymptomatic and i went Mm -hmm. to go visit them and they somehow contracted it you know they would not live this is this lockdown is more so for them than it is for us you know that's right and that's the biggest thing that one of the biggest things that i learned in covid is that 
a lot of the times you don't think about you mm. being safe, but you being safe ends up keeping somebody exactly. Else. So it taught me selflessness. Like you have to think about the other person. Yeah, that's it. It's it's like learning collectivism when we live in such an individualist culture, you know. And it's absolutely it's not always uh, the the gut response, right? Um, So, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. exactly. And as I was saying earlier, like I was on this grind to lose weight, and I feel like this was kind of cool. Like this was cool in the sense that I'm home now. Always, I don't have to worry about eating out. That was my biggest wow, expense, yeah. but also my biggest health mm, expense. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, like now I could just eat home food, True. eat my greens. And like, I am blessed in the sense that I have a basketball That's court right. in my backyard. So literally, I was just there with my little brother mm-hmm. every single day, just grinding day in and day out. And so that was one of the biggest things in quarantine that helped me get by. It's me trying to lose more weight and me at least having yeah. basketball to cope with, you know, everything. And, I, you know, you asked me, is there anything that helped me with my mental health? That yeah, for, sure, for sure was one big thing. And, you know, something that I mentioned earlier is that we, not just me, but almost everyone I know, like when it comes to us and our families, we live two different mm. lives. And there are a lot of times, not even a lot of times, but most of the times we're all at two different mm-hmm. places. You know, sometimes my dad will be at work. And then he'll come back late and I'll be asleep and I don't even see him till the next day. And then there's my sister who's usually in law school and my brother who's, you know, doing his own thing and my mother who's doing her own thing. And it's like, when was the last time that we all were home? And so another thing that really helped my mental health was that, wow, now we all are home together. Like that to me was the biggest blessing ever that like it really helped throughout those, you know, pivotal months for me where I wasn't really feeling the best and that was something yeah. that you know I'm so grateful for that I have a big family that's home at that time and you know I think that at first for sure it was very very difficult because we're not used to it, all of us being home mm-hmm. that much you know and my mom's not used to cooking for all of us like she had it tough because now we're all expecting her to feed us non-stop yeah and she's going to have to keep making meals. She's going to have to make sure we don't run out of groceries. And then one of us has to run, you know, to stop a shop to get things. Like, this was this was mm. tough for her as well. And I remember in the beginning, I kept clashing. With my like, because, you know, I honestly, if I were to be real, I had a tough time quarantining. Mm. Like, I had a tough time. I'm somebody that doesn't like being told what to do. And I know that sounds really bad because people are dying. But I want when I say that, I don't mean I want to go out, go to clubs. I don't do that anyways. But I mean, I want to be able to go out, you know? And, like, at that time, since I was studying, I used to generally make most of my money just doing DoorDash mm, deliveries. Yeah. And, like, now my parents are not letting me go out. And I remember they were hiding my car keys, forbidding me from doing And I'm just like, dude, that is my way of paying mm. my bills. And so I just kept clashing with my dad because he said, do not understand how bad times are right now. And here you are leaving just to make mm. a few dollars. And like, he didn't understand that. Like, I, I kind of just, I needed to do that to pay off some credit card bills, some other yeah. stuff. And I remember at first it was kind of tough because like, of course, you know, um, if you're not used to people being around all the time, it's going to be tough at first. But then later on, 
we all had lots of healthy conversations and then we started to do things together like play board mm. games one game that we played a lot that a lot of southeast asian families did throughout covid is this game known as mm. ludo we call mm. it ludo and it's basically i think the english equivalent is called sorry oh, okay I think. yep i might yep. be mistaken that's right yeah. yeah so we played that a lot i ordered that on amazon and boom we were playing that that's cool and that kind of helped all of us because now it kind of made because like we wanted to think of you know safe ways to just be um you know at home and just right so i guess to end i will just say my family my weight loss um basketball and just you know i guess netflix oh like i remember netflix party was huge throughout mm. quarantine where you could actually watch a netflix show yeah with your or wherever they are that was another thing and then you started like zoom came out what the heck is zoom? true like i'm used to like skype facetime right boom zoom came out and now all classes uh-huh. are on zoom all meetings are on it's zoom everything everything happened on so now this whole idea of remote learning just came out of nowhere to be honest it was quite yeah. brilliant like how things just transitioned so smoothly into remote mm. learning and remote working for real so i guess for me that was my experience as somebody that's living mm-hmm. in new york because i know that we had it the right. worst you know it like was it terrible. was absolutely crazy to the point where yeah cuomo instilled a curfew which was actually being enforced where we couldn't leave yeah. our house past I think eight wow. or ten or something like that. And if we did, you know, the cops would stop you and ask why you're out. And if you didn't have a viable reason, you would be sent home or you would even be given a ticket. I haven't heard of anyone that actually mm. got that, but like that it was yeah. serious, you know? And so for someone that lived in New York at like the hub of, you know, mm. Corona, that was my experience. But for someone like you, you said, you know, you had you had a whole life in dc that kind of transitioned into north carolina so i kind of want to know what your experience was like and what your challenges were and what your mental health was like and what kind of helped you know? and you are somebody that has a significant other and i True. think that's something that i definitely want to hear about because i yeah. and i know a lot of relationships kind of got better in covid and a lot of relationships mm-hmm. fell apart mm-hmm. so i want to know what your life was like throughout you know this quarantine yeah experience. no absolutely um and so like you said um i was i was living in dc and basically i remember you know initially hearing uh about the prospect of a school shutdown you know the school the school that i worked at uh was going to shut down and thinking to myself uh, okay, it'll be a week or two, and then we'll be back, you know, that kind of thing. And, ma- and maybe a lot of people had that reaction um, to wherever their place of work is. Uh, and, you know, so it was it was kind of something that was potentially going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it was like, one day we go into school, and they're just like, oh, yeah, we're shutting down next week. So it was just upon us, you know. Um, and I remember during that time, really not, I guess, not understanding the just uh magnitude of what was going on i think and and also just on a personal level not wanting work to stop because i worried about what would happen to my mental health if i was just at home all day without structure without without those kind of social uh moments that happen um when you're at work 
without like that same form of like community and and just you know i worried that i would just degrade into you know a, a kind of a mess and I, I didn't want that to happen and so um you know i think part of what helped me um was i was at the time living in a household uh with other volunteers and actually two co-workers so it was four of us um, that all worked at the school um living in a household right and I think having, you know, everybody was kind of 20 something, you know, kind of around the same age, uh, people that I got along with, people that I respected, that I worked well with, that to me was super helpful um, because it made it a much more uh, easy experience to be locked down, you know? Um, and so I think that was a major plus, like that ended up working out really well. Um, I do think what, what was a challenge for me uh, especially uh, during, you know, working from home was my position at the school. A lot of what I did was um, supervision work. You know, I taught one class in the morning. I taught PE uh, on Wednesdays. I did a lot of random things. I, I, I supervised reading classes and gave like support in those settings. A lot of it was like, you kind of have to be there in person. And it wasn't like you could just administer curriculum online and have them do it um, remotely. And so I didn't have a ton of stuff to do, you know, and, and it almost kind of felt like I had really been building up like the culture of my classroom and like really just um, developing these strong relationships with students. And it just felt like it all went stagnant, you know, like it all just stopped. And I think that kind of really killed me. You know, that was that was something that um, that was tough. That was definitely tough to 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 be to be kind of working towards something with a group and then to just kind of get cut off. Um, it just wasn't the same. You know, it just wasn't the same. And uh, the school that I was at, you know, and most schools, I think at the time were in their emergency shutdown procedure, which was basically to uh just post stuff online and have the kids do it like on their own time and never to really have an interface with them that was like set up you could like set up office hours which i would try to do to like see them on screen but it wasn't like in a formal way it wasn't in like a way that would give you that guaranteed time to like actually work with the students so it just it just totally was different um you know what i think that I um, was able to do to kind of set myself up was I did try to form like a schedule for myself. So I think that that was one of the things that I did that helped when we were quarantined was I really tried to uh, make lists of things I needed to do, set up time frames for myself and like, you know, schedule in break times, but also periods where I was going to be working to try to hold myself accountable you know, um, because I, I am the type of person that like, without that direct accountability, sometimes it can be, it can be hard to just keep up with things. Um, especially if like, I'm not feeling energized or if I'm not feeling motivated. And so, you know, I think setting a schedule for myself, really setting, um, setting up like lists of things to do was super helpful for me. Uh, you know, other things that were going on at this time, uh, you mentioned like being in a long distance relationship, right? And so that was yeah. that killed me. Was that must not have been crazy. Yeah. I mean, like initially we weren't able to like hang out that much as it was because we were in different cities, and you know, 
Um, the way my program was set up, I, I just couldn't leave very often. I couldn't have visitors that often. It was like a lot of things going on. Um, but I, you know, definitely was planning to um, do like make some visits. Uh, we were out, we were planning to go up to New York and see my parents um, and spend like Easter at home, like stuff like that. And all that stuff got canceled, you know, and, it, and I think like uh, in the end, I had already had a year's worth of experience of being in a long distance relationship. And I think that that prepared me and I think prepared us for, for, for that, um, for the period of quarantine, because as it was, we had like built in and like figured out how to like communicate well and how to work through things when we were apart. So thankfully it wasn't, uh, wasn't something that really caused a terrible amount of friction or anything. It was just more of the, the inconvenience and, and then just in general, um, you know, for me, my biggest, pretty much the crux of my like psychological struggles is separation anxiety, you know? And so not being able to see any loved ones, not being able to travel to see, you know, uh, any, any friends, family or my girlfriend, you know, all of that, um, that was hard. That was definitely very tough. Um, you know, yeah it's interesting because like you know when you you're so mm. used to being on your own already because you lost to dc like you're so used to just kind of being away from family but this idea of separation anxiety is it's so interesting because you might be used to it but at yeah. least you're not being told that you For can't real. see your loved one and then that's when your separation anxiety anxiety yeah. just goes off charts because now it's like at least then I can, you know, go visit whenever I can do this and that. But now it's like, yeah, I can't even do that. I'm actually exactly. Yeah. That and so, really you know, at a certain point, I, I, DC never had as intense restrictions as New York did. But at a certain point, um, there was the, you know, basically put into place the idea that uh, if we were to leave and drive across state lines, that we could be potentially pulled over, potentially fined. Um, and so, of course, even entering into New York at the time, that was kind of out of the question because, you know, New York was going through a very severe outbreak and very severe restrictions, you know, to kind of respond to that. So um, I think like it definitely, um, that was like what solidified it that almost said, okay, well, I can't get on, I'm not going to get on a plane at this point. Like I'm not going to be able to drive anywhere, like all that stuff was off the table. Um, and, you know, I think that there were, you know, kind of answer the second part of the question, um, you know, things that kind of kept me going was, you know, definitely living in that house with people that I was close to, uh, people that I worked with, who I had good relationships with. Uh, we did a thing where we started like what we called the COVID movie marathon or something like that, where basically, we watched or co movie festival or something like that. And basically we, we watched a different movie every night. Like we just had a rotation and every night a new person would pick the movie. And it was cool. Cause it was a good way to get to know each other even better too, because you know, you introduce somebody to a movie that you love or that you are curious about, whatever it might be. I don't know. It's like a cool way to start conversations, a cool way to like get to know each other a little better. So I really appreciated that. 
it was more movies than I had probably ever watched in my life. Cause you know, by the end it was like 50 or 60 movies <laughs> that we had watched over, you know, whatever, three months. Um, Netflix party for sure was a thing. Uh, watching, I think we watched all of Ozark um, at some point with, uh, with my, you know, yeah. So, Great so that, show. yeah, that show was, was dope. Yeah. But you know, things, things like that. Yeah, man, there, most definitely. Know. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and then that, and then also just like working on music, I was, it was the kind of thing where it worked out to be isolated in a space for such a long period of time. Cause I was like trying to wrap up a project, like a pretty lengthy album that I had been working on for almost two years at that point. And so I had a space and I had the time um, without the same workload. I did have the time to really double down on that especially like the editing process, all that stuff, sending stuff back and forth to kind of get feedback from some friends. Um, that, you know, takes time. It takes a lot of time. And, you know, when I'm working, I don't, I don't always have that time. So, you know, I was still working, but it wasn't the same level of uh, commitment um, or just like same level of work to do. So, so I was able to really put energy into that. Exactly. And, you know, I started doing things like going out and just sitting on the grass. I, we lived in a, in a bit of a, a suburban area that was outside of like DC. It's, I mean, it was technically DC, but it was like right on the border of Maryland. Um, and so there was space, you know, and I think like the house we lived in had some space and, and the, 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 you know, there was a lawn that I could sit on and like, the, you know, the block I could kind of walk up and around the neighborhood and it wasn't crowded. I didn't have to worry too much about like exposure. And so that stuff, even just getting outside, you know, in, during those times, like that stuff really was so helpful to me. And I think even cathartic in some ways, you know, so uh, so that ended up being my my experience, and then kind of some of the things that uh, that helped me through it. See, that's that's really cool that you know your experience was so different from mine. I'm sure you know living with all those guys helped you a lot. I feel like if I had the opportunity to live with some of my friends who were like minded people, that would have helped me a lot. But that's the thing about mm. experience right. that we all have different. We make the most of it somehow. You know, you had music, I had basketball, I had, you know, my exercising regimen. And, you know, like, it was just such a such a crazy time because mm. even sports were canceled. Like, I was like, it's NBA is supposed to be going on right now. Like, yeah. it's supposed to be payoff in April. And, like, what's even going to happen? And then things got delayed. But, like, you know, it's crazy because despite that, we still made the most mm. of our every mm. single day and found ways to stay sane. Like, yeah, to me, that's huge. That's huge in a time of uncertainty that you find ways to kind of convert all this uncertainty into just, I wouldn't say a distraction, but something mm, to yeah. your time until you know Absolutely. what is going on. And so, you know, I appreciate you talking to me about you know, your experience. You know, I think this is a lot of fun because although we might be good friends, it, know there comes a point where we True. get busy with our lives don't really get to mm -hmm. talk like this and so i think you know this is I, i've had a lot of fun i, I honestly would love to hear yeah. somebody else's experience as well you know because like me being someone from bangladesh and you being born here like we're definitely going to have different answers to a lot of things but we might yeah. somehow find commonality in the way that we responded 
in the way that we felt through our response. And so it would be nice to hear a female's perspective or, you know, just different types of people, maybe an athlete's perspective. And so I know that we both know a lot of people. And, you know, so I think this is a good place for us to kind yeah. of end this podcast because, you know, I, I although I have a lot more that I want to share, I want us to, you know, not really have a podcast that goes on for hours, but, you know, just kind of have something that, you know, gets yeah. us through our conversation for today, but also leaves room for more conversations. Yes. So with that being said, you know, I think the two great questions that we can talk about next, stay tuned and, you know, follow along would be, you know, what are some ways that we maintain our social lives in a socially distant manner? And did COVID change our life for the better or worse? I think these are two questions that I really want to Mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. you have to say because I have a lot to say about that because although this has been a crazy year I would love to share how this year has also you know <laughs> I feel like you know me saying I'm sharing too much I'm gonna wait for Nick to share that but you know mm-hmm. if we could if it's just you and I again mm-hmm. that would be great but you know if we are able to get somebody else that would be yes. terrific because I'm all about learning about people's journeys and their experiences because mm. it kind of helps me mm-hmm. to get a grip of my own one. And so I think Saturday is a good day for us to kind of do this and release it. Maybe we could do this on Saturday, release it on Sunday. I think as time goes by, we'll have that kind of schedule. But for now, stay tuned. I think that works. <laughs> what are we COVID calling talks. COVID talks. All right, COVID talks. Yes. By the end, we'll have like a theme song. Yeah. We'll have like backgrounds. We'll have a choir <laughs> in the back. We'll probably have Charlemagne. That's the aspirations guy, so. right there. <laughs> Come on. We're part of the Breakfast Club, Tim. Part of, I know I said I'm not trying to get traction, but yo, Man, we'd, we probably, I, we'd probably get roasted by, by Charlemagne if we were on. <laughs> that might be some. Oh, for sure. What does yes. that think? We'd be on that donkey of the day or something. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, to him, thank you so much for. You know, just you're always somebody that I can come to with an idea and you mm. happen. Like I know you love music and so I kinda wanted to kinda, you know, get my foot in the mm. door and you were able to, hey. you know, do a song with you, which <laughs> a lot of people don't know about, but you know Same I'm the next up and coming artist. <laughs> so, you know, you're always somebody yes. that I can yeah. You're somebody that I can always rely on and it's always a pleasure to have the so many different types of experiences with you um and i'll be sure to mm. come to north carolina you know at some <laughs> point when i'm allowed to, definitely, and i don't get in prison first so i will definitely talk again next week and again if anybody wants to join us please DM us, fill out the google form that i'll post yes. soon